Well, hello, everybody. This is Pip Coleman coming in to do the Find Your Soul podcast. And this episode is all about self-acceptance. And I have a wonderful guest with me this week, a fellow author from uh, the Ocean Reeve Publishing family. Um, Her name's Lily and she is the author of the book Set Free Autism and ADHD, Parenting Special Needs Children. And we're going to be talking about self-acceptance in that vein of parenting and uh, really getting diving in a little bit deeper um, around that whole concept of self-acceptance. So, uh, Lily, welcome to the show. Hi, Pip. Thank you for having me on the show today. My pleasure. So I, I thought that might be nice if you introduced yourself in terms of, you know, where you're coming from and, and how you kind of came to write a book because it is an interesting story and it's always nice for the person to introduce themselves um so maybe we could start there who are you (laughs) hi hi pip so i am an ambassador for autism yay parent coach i'm a motivator motivator speaking Mm -hmm. and i'm into changing mindsets of um parenting and loving your parent and Seeing your child for who they really are and self-acceptance mm-hmm. and uh, loving them from the inside out. Perfect. That's great. And you've had some experience. Um, you know, you're a, a certified behavioural analyst and, you know, you also have a child with special needs, right? Yes, that's right. So my son Noah got diagnosed when he was uh, four years old and a few months. And uh, we got uh, went taking. We took him to the pediatrician, and uh, he got diagnosed with autism spectrum um, disorder and um, ADHD, mm-hmm. um, ADHD attention deficiency hyperactive disorder. And um, as soon as we got the diagnosis, um, is when we could have understanding of knowing what he actually needed Mm. and we changed our parenting style to manage and to equip him best uh, to thrive in his uh, developmental milestones into into just enjoying life and loving life and um, shining shining bright um, with his peers and being a real strong leader and um, being an influencer around his social um, circle in uh, school life, and and he's gone from strength strength to strength, and he's blossoming blossoming into um, and flourishing and thriving into his childhood, and and uh, then we just love our um, love parenting now. The the joyful um, parenting has uh, returned since getting the diagnosis. And um, we've just um, changed our worlds. Have got our world has got more colourful, and um, and yeah, when, when it's a big um, it's a big relief um, when you come to that self acceptance 
um, knowing that you need help and seeking professional help and getting that early intervention. Mm, mm. So is he your only child or is there more children in the family? I've got two children, an mm-hmm. eight-year-old, Noah, and yep. Abby, who is five years old. Oh, great. Okay. You've got so, no diagnosis. Yep. She's, yeah, just, um, she's a very happy girl, outgoing, very girly, and uh, into dance and singing. Oh, cool. So, yeah, so it would be um, because Noah was your first child, is that correct? Yes, that's right. Yep. Yeah, um, it would have been a bit of a shock to the system to have that unknown, like unknown behaviour behavior that you weren't expecting and then having to sort of go, oh, you know, what am, what's going on here? Um, you know, so it took a little while for you to kind of recognise that something wasn't quite right in the way that he was behaving. Is that right? Yeah, so it was um, repetitive behaviors that were that were just unstoppable where he was just continuously being repetitive in mm. his behaviors um example as emotional meltdowns uh he would not accept it, accept the word uh, no and he would want to be be a very strong-willed boy and get his own way all the time mm. which was very excessive where the power struggle he had to win all the time mm-hmm. and it, it was very exhausting parenting um because yeah. there's no other way he would have it but his way right so if a certain sandwich was wasn't made how he wanted it to be made like butter and then peanut butter and then cut the sandwich and then cut all the sides of the crust and then cut it in triangles if I did mm-hmm. it the other way in squares or if I used you know um a spread that he didn't like or so forth on the sandwich then uh he would um, mount down um if I changed the routine yep it was he couldn't he could not predict what was next mm. or what he was going to do. So he was out of his safe zone. Yep. Into having just um, no peace and having a meltdown. Mm. If they were driving to childcare, and if I went the other geographical location and other map that he wasn't visually looking at, then that would distort his behaviour to having a meltdown. Mm. It, like, just, it yeah. was challenging just doing the um, bathroom shower and um, yeah. giving a you know, So I couldn't actually understand for the ones that are um, hearing this now. I can understand your world when you don't have peace in the home setting and um, you're walking on eggshells with the child and so forth. Um, sure. They're having um, anger outbursts or they're having, um, you know, the hitting, banging their head or hitting the walls or, or just very um, just not at 
um, not not in a good place themselves. So, yes, and you really got to um, logically not let your emotions dictate your actions. Right. You've got to have control of yourself and self-control into not losing the plot because your child's losing the plot. So you've got to really keep them in that safe place to be cool, calm, and even when you're verbalising, expressing, you know, communication, you're not yelling at them, but you're, you're speaking in a soft, soft tone voice where it's loving, nurturing, in order for them to, to you know, to get into this um, this this frame of mind where it gets into this. Um, yep. Yeah. It um, gets into this. Um, and, you know, controlling and, and being self-regulated and just being calm themselves. Um, yeah. Really. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really, really tested you and your temperament and how you respond and how you manage and how you how you um, incorporate into your parenting style and it really tested you and you've got to have that self-evaluation um, of, you know, yeah. you know question yourself are you doing this right are you doing that right or or could I do this better or what's the other strategy in this way what what will work what's going to work you have to find answers mm. and, this and that why, this is why I've written set free autism ADHD is because I was a big investigator into the contributing factors of autism and what was going on and and I wanted to use every aspect of what would work so I had uh, medical intervention I'm not talking about prescription um, pharmaceutical drugs because that was my last resort but I tried to um, and I was open to that if I had to get to that point but I uh, looked into into natural therapies I looked into to the gut brain connection into the neurological side with the transmitters of running through to their organs or of their hormones and and whether they're going to connect to between their gut and their and their brain because I say that the gut is the second brain. Mm. Um, so I wanted to keep everything that's going on. So I eliminated any health issues he had. Um, he had irritable bowel syndrome. So I went into his health and how his health was. Mm-hmm. So I made sure I corrected all his health first. Um, any deficiencies with supplementation, and uh, that, um, and then I did um, scientifically test where I I did a microarray test um, to see what was going on with his viral uh, disorder. Um, so I did the I did that side of things, and then I did the the behaviour therapy side of things um, with uh, lots of visuals um, I did at home to please a visual learner to help him learn to so it wasn't just a verbal uh, a verbal instruction parent instruction I would give him I'll give him a, a visual to go with the verbal um, mm. he could see and comprehend yeah fantastic so it sounds like you went into um, solution mode and like learning and um, understanding as you know from that perspective of you know a lot of parents would struggle with 
doing that self-reflection and and going into that space of, you know, behavioural therapy and understanding the gut-brain connection. I mean, all these things are quite, um, you know, high-level processing in terms of you as a parent. So um, if someone was not, you know, very well read or was sort of struggling with just the behavioural stuff, um, what would you suggest in terms of, you know, accepting yourself in that space? Because, uh, you know, you sound like you've, you've actually done a lot of research and that sort of thing. So where would you suggest somebody starts the process? I would suggest that as, lo- as long as you're doing your best in your best effort, then you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And your best is your best that you can do. And that is that gives you acceptance as well to, to know that you're in um, you're in tune with yourself. Mm-hmm. We yeah. have a um, evaluation of letting go as well because when you get a diagnosis. You're grieving, your natural response is to feel mixed of emotions and your perfect world crumbles because you have to find the new normal of how you, you know you start thinking about the future. You know, are they going to function in school? Are they going to have friends? Yeah. Is there going to be any limitations to, to what they will become? and who they would become. Mm, mm. Yeah, because all of those questions would come up. Um, you know, it's not just this child is angry in this moment or this child is, you know, struggling with this routine. It's it's thinking about how is that child going to um, live in the world, you know, incorporate into society. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I got a hold of the... Picture and I say he, he, you know, he's going to be a leader. That he's going to have a lot of influence. That he's he's going to be, you know, switched on, you know, comprehending. His cognitive aspects are going to be sharp. He's going to be emotionally resilient. He's going to be ha- he's going to be able to handle the rejections. He might, you know, it's because, you know, if someone doesn't want to play with him, then he's got everyone else to play with. And he's a very sociable boy. I've had to work on his social cues, um, getting him familiar with facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Yep. And reading body language. Mm. When he's talking, you know, eye contact. Is this person person got a happy face or a sad face or you yeah. know, and they've got their their arms closed, where they're mm. a bit closed off, you know, are they listening to you? Are they got are they are they listening to you? You know, are you getting their attention? Are you, mm. you know, are they re- it's, you know, are they responding to what you're saying to them? You know, is that a positive response? Yeah, I've had to kind of do the social side of him too because I know that 
that was one of his weaknesses. Sure. Yeah, the social interactions are, are such a big thing, you know, just in any child's life, um, let alone someone who's not good at reading those cues, like you say, the facial expressions and, and things like that. And you've worked in the childcare environment as well um, and you've, you became a social worker yes. too. So you've, you have that um, experience in the world in terms of interacting with with children, I, I wonder about parents who haven't had those those skills, um, you know. And so I love that you said, you know, the best, doing the best that you can do, and accepting that you're okay, and you can only know what you know. <laughs> That's In right. The, yeah. That's right. So I would ask, I'll be open minded as well, and I would ask other parents. Of, I notice. You know, your child is very good at doing doing drawing. Was there uh, occupational therapists that you recommend? You know, their their coordination with their drawing skills are very good. How you how they're holding the pen. You know, is there with the you know, with their drawing task um, coordination side of things, like who would you recommend if they needed to work on on therapy with, you know, writing skills? Mm. Yeah, so you're talking about other parents with children who also had special needs. You asked them that question? Yes, yes. Right, right, okay. So I've got a strong support system around me. Okay, great. So that's oh. that's important. Conquer, conquer, you know, any any um, struggles that I was going through. So having the team behind you and, you know, that saying often takes a tribe to raise family. Yeah, definitely. And a tribe that is, yeah, a tribe that's understanding of what you're going through is really important, especially when you've got, a specific issue going on so it makes perfect sense yeah um, so you just found like you didn't have to you know justify yourself all the time because they knew they could identify with your world um yeah you know we'll go to a dress-up party and no I didn't want to dress up and every other child would dress up and so right. I didn't have to I didn't have to explain myself in that in that um social scene because they knew had a, a fair idea of what my world was like because they're right. going themselves. So it's very important to to get that network behind you to move mm. forward and thrive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that, what sort of personal development work did you do yourself? Um, and you know to sort of come back to that space of not going crazy because it sounds like it's a pretty intense intense environment to be living in so what did you do you know in terms of self-care um for you so I did for my mental health I did physical side of exercise and eating right Mm -hmm. because of the happy hormones when you exercise it releases all that the um, serotonin 
Yep. And then, you know, I did my renewing my mindset too. Mm. That, you know, I said my child was born for a purpose mm-hmm. and I was chosen for him in the perfect match into, into our worlds together and that this is how it is and that my child is normally normal functioning in society but he just has areas that I need to work on to help him get there. Yes. So I treat him normally just like how I treat everyone else. I don't mm-hmm. I see I see him as not a disadvantage but an advantage of who he is because mm. he's unique himself and he's very extroverted and very um very highly sensitive and he views the world in a way where it's larger than life. You know, he's adventurous. He's he's into, you know, very um, into animated things. Mm-hmm. And he, his personality is just perfect and his purpose on earth is perfect because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for him being being me being his mum absolutely yeah and how have you found that Abby has um coped with you know she hasn't had any diagnosis of the of the special needs so how do you find she copes with him in in the home so Abby and Noah have a very good relationship that's cool they've got a really strong bond sibling bond Mm-hmm. But I've had to make make it happen. I'll do precious moments where they're in the imaginative play and they're doing just picnics together or they're doing the, the this is our tent and we're going to build a tent and we're going to stay here tonight and we're just going to have a hideout and let's have, let's have food under here and, you know, let's have the glow-in-the-dark um, stars in their room and I've just had to make some special moments for them both to really bond mm, mm. And, and choosing the right activities for them to bond yeah yeah that's that great yeah that they're both interested in yeah uh, you know they do things together all the time um you know they're in scootering they just have the joint um common interests and even though the boy and girl but yeah it's it's good and it's good that you've um you know fostered the and encouraged them to do things together as well as unique treating them normally and unique like they're both unique in that way it's um it can be challenging for the child who doesn't have special needs or doesn't hasn't got a diagnosis like that to be in a family where a lot of the focus is on the one that does have the special needs in the beginning in the beginning well when he was only child or you know being the only child all your attention gets devoted then of course however I made sure that when I had the second one that at the at the very start 
when we were trying to work all this out and it took us, you know, trying to work out what was going on with him because we didn't know at all until we got mm. the diagnosis. Um, Abby was miss, missing out on that attention because he was just, um, he just, he needed that extra care. And so she, you know, she was in a little way, like, but then I was, we were very quick to switch on to go, no, we've got to treat them as equal. They get equal attention. Yeah. And make sure that we do one, we did a lot of one-on-ones with each child too. Mm. But lots of one-on-one devoted time with them. So they feel like they're a part of the family and they had each, you know, family member has got a part to play in the unit of the family, mm-hmm. the family functioning. Yeah. So, you know, when we have cleanup, I'm not just all cleaning up, everyone's cleaning up. Right. You know, when we got when we have, you know, everyone's got their part played, like when they're setting up the table, everyone's, you know, putting the plates on the table, you know, having knife and forks. Um, you know, everyone's got their chores to do. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I think that's it really important that 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 happens in a family yeah. dynamic. I, I grew up with as one of five children, so there was always, you know, each individual person had their their things to do so you know I, I think it's really a credit to you that you went and s- sought out you know lots of different ways the natural therapies the medical the behavioral training you know the gut brain connection all of those things that you learn and then re- making sure that you have a strong tribe around you and all of that those things that you've learned and put into practice have obviously paid off you know um you know, in a big way. So the book is uh, the the whole story of the journey that you took to come to the, to now. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's great. So, so a person who is a parent who's going through um, the same thing and has a child that might have special needs or they know already would obviously benefit from um, from reading the book and also somebody who has never had any of that just to understand um, what it's like to to be a parent with special needs would also benefit I I presume from reading that too yeah definitely well based on integrated therapy so it's Mm. a memoir real life event yep from the very start and right through to where we are today yep and it's based on strategies and solutions yep for managing so it can special needs children so it can be related to anyone and then anyone like uh, any caregivers educators teachers the whole broad range of different occupations can be relatable to this book and use it in their organization as a resource manual to to um, relate to um children around you know with children with parents that's right. yeah that's great I think it's um it's great that it can be used by so many different people and um and help them to come to that space of understanding and um acceptance of 
the, the, the children that are in their space. So, um, what, you know, no matter where you're coming from, I think that's, that's fantastic. So you're um, about to launch the book um, coming to towards the end of October. You're going to be doing the launch of the book online. So the book is out already. Okay. It's Great. on Amazon. Fantastic. I was going to say. So where can they find you or the book? Lilyfaithparenting.com.au. Great. Fantastic. And um, the and Amazon, obviously, which is fantastic. So they can is there an audio book yet, Lily? Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) It's um it's such a huge process um putting a book out into the world. So I um experienced that two years ago when I launched my book. And so I really want to honor you for the huge step that you've taken to to put this story out into the world and um, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you, Pip, for having me as your guest speaker. No worries. (laughs) All right, so we will um, catch up with Lily another time, I'm sure, but if you'd like to get in touch with her, you can go to her website, lilyfaithparenting.com.au or you can go to Facebook, which is... um, Lily J Faith um, Set Free Autism. So we will catch you next week or next time, I should say, on um, this podcast. And this is Pip Coleman signing off. See you soon. Bye.